Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio, 1990 Game, 1990Game.com. Sam Crenshaw. Got Jason Longshore riding along with me. Greg is away on assignment somewhere at a Bucky's. Uh, on I-75 somewhere probably so. And we got Eric the other side of the glass. Glad you're with us on this Sunday morning into the 8 o'clock hour. We're here until 9. Been here since 6. You over here at 6 o'clock. Where you been? Very, very early. You had to be here. And, you know, this date is, uh, day is September 24th. And a special day, especially for what we just heard. Nirvana, never mind. One of the albums that changed popular music in a lot of ways, honestly. I mean, Smells Like Teen Spirit was just transformational for rock music, but also like pop music. You go back to the the charts in 1991. Yep. It was Madonna. It was Michael Jackson. Like the popular charts of music were all generally pop, some R&B, and rock had really fallen off. And Nirvana, that album started to unleash so many others that came after it. And it just opened up doors. It made alternative music mainstream Mm -hmm. which is kind of weird when you look at rock music now like what used to be called alternative that's just what rock music is right today right and nirvana was the one that changed it i mean that changed my life like i i grew up on on that stuff i grew up on on alt rock and and that album like i remember hearing it for the first time and just being like what is this i love it And it is. It, it it really reshaped a lot of things, like you said. Music that had been in one place now is so mainstream, and people say, "Okay, all right, this is what we like." Completely changes it. Just completely changes. I mean, you go back to the the hair metal rock bands of that era when Nirvana hit. It just they all became irrelevant, and, and everything changed. And you know, it, it brought th- brought a style of music that was underground in a way to the fore. And and you started to see it in the malls. You started to see those videos on MTV at that time. Again, I'm dating myself, but <laughs> MTV, yeah, it, MTV. Was, it was huge. So that's well, that's seriously one of my all-time favorite you mean, records. You mean MTV period. was actually showing music? Back in the day, they did. You Back know, in the day. It and wasn't, it's, wasn't all the TV shows? Now it's just, they. I don't think they've played a video maybe since Prince passed away. <laughs> Probably. Because I remember that day, and it, when Prince passed, they actually played the videos again. Wow. And for about six hours, they played all of his videos. And I'm like, this is great. Why it's, don't they do this anymore? Yeah, no. It's all uh, different shows, different uh, reality TV shows. Uh-huh. That's what it's become. Catfished yes. 24-7. Yep. Name them. They're all, they're all there. They're all there. Ugh. That's what uh, what happens today. So that's a day in history. And, you know, so, so a lot of things happen on this day. We, we go through some things. Greg is always great with that, you know, right? I think with 1957, I'm seeing music. Uh, Jailhouse Rock. Released by Elvis Ooh. Presley. Okay. Yeah, man. 
uh, on this date, 1934, uh, 2,500 fans see Babe Ruth's farewell Yankee appearance at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, before he went to the Braves for his last season as an active player, the Boston Braves. Passed away on this date, uh, Phil Hartman. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've been funny guy. I've been reading a book. When we travel with Atlanta United, I, I usually read. And lately I've been on a like late night talk show book history or Saturday Night Live, which I just jumped into the the early years of SNL. But you know, kind of like Nevermind was was my time in music. Phil Hartman was my time with SNL. And I think you forget that show has been around as long as it has and yeah. the overall impact that it's had. But that era of it, you had all these breakout stars from that group and, you know, Chris Farley and Adam Sandler and, and Dana Carvey and just star after star after star. But Phil Hartman was the one who could do everything on that show. He could just kill you with his his acting, with his jokes, but then he could also be the supporting player in, in the cast as well. And to have that versatility, he was one of the all-time greats. Yeah, his, uh, his version of uh, President Clinton was always, oh, yeah. pretty, was, was pretty, was always pretty good, right? So uh, many different characters from him. Just a, an amazing versatility that is so hard to do when you're in a show like that. Yep, yep. Lost him on this date in 19. 19- 98. Folks, uh, we, we talked earlier about, about soccer up at the top. You know, Jason was in the house last night and on the call uh, with Mike Conti here on Sports Radio 929 The Game. is Atlanta United 4-1 winners over Montreal, sealing up that postseason spot, and you were there to take it in in person. Yeah, I feel like I, I left Mercedes-Benz Stadium and came straight here. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is a different kind of uh, shift for me to work. It's a little strange. But, yeah, it was a great win, and I think the buzz in the building was outstanding. Clinched the playoff spot. You've got not quite a clinch of avoiding the wild card, but you might actually get that today if Miami doesn't win in Orlando. Uh, You just need Miami to drop one point or Montreal to drop one point the rest of the way. You're not going to play in the wild card. Atlanta United right now is in fifth place in the East, and the playoff format in MLS this year, the – Eight versus nine is a wild card one game. You're going to avoid that. And then the winner of that plays the top seed in a best of three. The second seed plays the seventh seed. Third plays sixth. Fourth plays fifth. It's a best of three series. If it's tied at the end of regulation, they go straight to penalties. They don't play extra time. It's not aggregate score like they used to do in the past. It is a best of three. So home field is so important in that potential third game. Mm -hmm. You got to get into the top four. And you look at the table, Cincinnati, they're going to win the East. They're on 62 points. Orlando second, 12 points back. So Cincinnati's got the number one spot. Orlando's on 50 points in second. Columbus is on 49 points in third. Philadelphia's on 49 points in fourth. Atlanta's on 49 points in fifth. New England's on 49 points in sixth. Wow. I mean, that's just such a conglomeration of teams that you're getting down to the tiebreakers and the number of wins that you have, and that's why Columbus and Philly are are three and four. And then goal differential, and Atlanta's got a good goal differential. And then goals scored, and Atlanta's got a lot of goals scored. They've been one of the top teams. So you do have games in hand if you're Columbus. They've got one more game to play than Atlanta. Philadelphia's got two more games to play. We already mentioned it. Philly plays on Wednesday of this week, right? and they play on Saturday next weekend before Atlanta goes there. I felt like, I said this last night, I feel like that game in Philly, it's not a final exam. 
but it is maybe that three-quarters of the way test that you take in a semester with a class that is really going to set the table for can you get an A in this? And, and for Atlanta United, an A is going to MLS Cup. Yep. Or do you still have a little bit to learn? That's a tough place to go get a result, but you're going to catch Philly at the right time. They're going to be tired. You're not. You're on a high right now. That's a winnable game, in my opinion, for Atlanta United. And if you go and beat the defending Eastern Conference champs in their house, then this is a team that can go on and win MLS Cup. One of the things that you have to remember with this Atlanta United uh, squad is that they can do so many things offensively. Uh, the quickness, the fast, and they can come out and just score, uh, get shots in waves. But it's the defense uh, that you mean. And like you, we mentioned earlier, you don't really subscribe to defense winning championships when it comes to, to soccer. Yeah. But considering some of the late things that have happened with this team, you do want to have that in place. Uh, Coach talked about that some after the match last night. Defensively, I really, really like the way we were defending in the transition moments. I'm very picky with my wingers, with my 10, with my 9. Uh, sprint back, be goal-sided. Once the we lose the ball, everybody, either we press immediately in the area of the ball, or if we are broken, we have to sprint back. When we didn't do that in the first half, a couple of chances we, we got in behind. So He mentioned those couple of chances in the first half. I think there were a couple in the second that was the same thing. And it's going to happen. And I think what Gonzalo breaks down there, it's so important to understand the way this team defends. A lot of times when we talk about how a team defends, you're purely looking at how the back line looks and how deep they are. No, 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 no. Not the way that Atlanta United plays. You want Yorgos Yakamakis, your forward, the furthest away from your goal. You want him to start the defending. You want Saba Lobjanidze and Sean De Silva, incredible attacking players. You want them on the ball. You want them beating people on the dribble. You demand them to defend. You have to have your wingers defend. Tiago Almada has to defend. And you have to make the decision. And, and what he said there is so, so vital. You immediately want to put pressure on the ball when it turns over. And I thought Atlanta was outstanding in this last night. But if you're broken, like he said, if you're... You know, you try to put that pressure on. You don't win the ball back. You're kind of scrambled. You're not in your positions. You don't have your defensive shape. That's where you've got to get back, and you've got to get back and get reset. Sometimes the way you get back in that moment is you commit a foul. You, you stop the play. You kill the play. Commit the foul. Knock the ball into the stance. Make them throw it in. You give yourself an opportunity to recover, but you don't do that straight away. Right. And, and, and you go back to the difference. If you want to look at – evolution of Atlanta United and you look at Tata Martino he evolved to be more defensive during his time and he ultimately got the the MLS Cup win in 2018 Frank DeBoer started from that perspective because he was worried about the pace that his team had he had to have them drop first that didn't really suit some of the players that you had at that time they ended up having a great run and a great season but you saw a little bit of that disjointedness Gonzalo Pineda wants his team to be defending far away from his goal, but making the decision when it's obvious that, okay, we're broken here. We got to get back to then have everybody recover and retreat, but you can't have what happened on Montreal's goal. And a couple of the other opportunities happen when you retreat. That doesn't mean you're passive defensively. The other team gets the ball into the attacking third. You've got to step out. And I thought Zachary Brogiard from Montreal had a couple of, undefended crosses you don't want that to happen 
you've got to close things down even after you recover. They're still building that. They're yeah. still working through it. It's a little bit of a work in progress. But where they are now versus where they were defensively, they're in a much better place, and they're, they've got a defense brewing that can win a championship. Got some time off to get everybody rested, recuperated, and ready to go, especially for that matchup in Philadelphia in the final three of the season. Let's see if they can go after that number four spot. Nail it down. Great stuff with Atlanta United. Already in the playoffs now. We'll watch and see where they end up. Hopefully they get in that four spot, get to be at home. That'd be great. Fantastic stuff. All right, next up we're going to talk Falcons. Falcons are up in Detroit. We're going to go up to Detroit, check in with Sean Belegian there, find out what the vibe is for the Lions so far this season and what he feels you're going to see uh, from this Falcons team when they play up there later on today. That's coming up next. You stay with us on this Sunday morning on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game at 92.9thegame.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game at 92.9thegame.com. Got Sam. They got Jason in for Greg on this Sunday morning. Glad you're with us. It's game day Sunday morning. Falcons and Lions coming up later on today. We're going to get the pregame show at 11 o'clock, kickoff at 1 uh, up in the Motor City. And, Jason, you ready to talk to this guy? Let's go. I want to hear the Detroit perspective. We want to hear why the folks in Motown feel about it. And Sean Belegian, we've talked to him a lot about hockey. But we also, you know, know you college to uh, follow the college football game as well and the NFL as well. You're doing a show up there right now too. Sean Belegian joins us now on the waitforit.com outline. Good morning to you. Hey guys, nice to hear from you. How's everything going? Going great. We got our team headed up their way. They're undefeated right now going up against the Lions team that we saw beat the um, the Super Bowl champs to start the season. Well, I can imagine the vibe has been fantastic for this team, right? Yeah, it really has been. You know, um, the excitement heading into this year, I, I don't remember anything like it. I really don't. You know, just for reference, you guys have to understand, and I, I don't think people around the nation really know this, um, the Detroit Lions have one playoff win in the Super Bowl era. I, I mean, it, it, it's been hard up here. And, you know, usually when I say that to people, that you know, the eyes get big and everything, but really it's one playoff win in the Super Bowl era. They beat the Dallas Cowboys in January of 1992. So um, success has been few and far between for this franchise, but the way they finished the season last year and, and you know, what Brad Holmes, the general manager, did to kind of fix some of the issues on the defensive side of the ball, in, in particular uh, in the secondary, had people really exciting. Look, this is a division that the Lions should win. They they really should. And then, and you know, you mentioned the KC game, and then last week, you know, they they had a tough loss against Seattle. And and I think half the Lion fan is going, it's all right. Let's look past it. Let's focus on Atlanta. And the other half of the Lion fan base is going, oh no, here we go again. So this will be a huge test for the Lions today. I want to ask you about Dan Campbell, and we've had a lot of talk about coaches and creating teams that that fit their identity or, or kind of fit their personality. Do you think this Lions team is starting to take on their head coach's personality and identity? Oh, for sure. There's no doubt about that. I, I think one of the biggest things that Coach Campbell had to do once he got in here was fix this culture. This culture has long been a problem, and it may have hit an all-time low during the ill-fated Matt Patricia era. I, I mean, it, it was bad, and Dan Campbell came in here. 
Uh, and, and he said the right things. He did the right things. He was optimistic. He was enthusiastic. And I think not only the team followed that lead, but I think a lot of the fan base did as well. It was an absolute breath of fresh air. There is a long-held statement up here called SOL, same old Lions. And, and what they've been trying to do for the last couple of years is, is just get rid of uh, SOL. And, you know, the only way you can do that, you can talk about doing it all you want, but the only way you can do that is win some football games and, and, and live up to expectations. And certainly that's what the Lions are trying to do right now. Spending time on the waitfor.com hotline this morning with Sean Belegian is in Detroit. Uh, and you can follow him. He is social on the X or the Twitter, whatever you're calling it this month. Uh, Sean P. Bally, Sean P. Bally. You're also doing a show with Lomas Brown. What's that been like? And what's what, what are his thoughts on what this team is doing right now uh, in Detroit? He, he's such a good guy. He really is. You know, uh, obviously he's, uh, you know, a Florida Gator legend. He's a Detroit Lion legend. Uh, they're actually putting his name up. Uh, it, we, we call it the pride of the Lions here and, and putting his name and number up at, at Ford Field. But, you know, he feels the same way. He, he was here during, you know, the, the good years where the Lions made the playoffs more often than not. Unfortunately, as I said, they, they haven't had a, a lot of uh, playoff success. But, you know, I think like everybody else, we were just talking about it on the show on Friday night. I mean, this is an intriguing Atlanta team that, that really – I, I don't think is has hit their stride yet either. I mean, you've got to be happy about your your start, but you know, Dez is certainly capable of more. I think everybody knows about your run game. My goodness gracious! But you know, I think what people are, are worried about is okay. You know, when when does that passing game get going? When can they really start hurting you with the weapons that they have in the passing game? So. Uh, there isn't anybody up here right now that's looking past the Falcons in any way, shape, or form. Um, and that's what makes a game like today so intriguing. Certainly the Lions want to have a bounce back. It was one of the loudest, boisterous crowds ever at Ford Field uh, last week uh, against Seattle in the overtime loss. And uh, certainly they want to continue that today, but find a way to win this game against a good football team. A couple questions for me about the injuries that the Lions are dealing with. You're missing two on the offensive line in Decker and Vitae, and you're missing your safety in a cornerback as well. David Montgomery is listed as doubtful. He didn't practice this week. How much of an issue is that for Detroit today against Atlanta? Well, it's a huge issue, no, no doubt about that. You know, one of the things that Brad Holmes has done is, guys, I'm serious. I don't remember – a deeper roster for the Detroit Lions. I really don't. And I think that's what got people so excited, especially considering the way he flipped this roster in, in just a couple short years. Well, that depth is going to be tested now. As I mentioned in the offseason, he went out and, and, and he really remade uh, that secondary. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Montgomery. You know, he was one of a couple new guys here. You know, Gibbs is outstanding he can hurt you in a myriad of ways but as you guys know in the national football league now it's it's a one-two punch so uh, they're going to have to rely heavily on on gibbs today the one thing that that you know i i still is yet to be determined is how much better this run defense is because this is a run defense that uh was torched many times last year and and i think this is 
you know, when you look at Atlanta, this is a big test heading into this one. You know, how is this run defense going to uh, perform? Uh, they, they haven't been getting a lot of pressure from the interior up front defensively. And I think teams know that if guys like me are sitting at home noticing that, you know, what, what are teams uh, saying when they look at the tape? So, yeah, no doubt about it. This is, this is going to be a huge test at the improved depth that, that the general manager, Brad Holmes, has brought to the table. Sean, sure, we're looking forward to, to, to watching the two young running backs um, that kind of go against the trend in the National Football League. These guys were drafted in the first round. A lot of people say you shouldn't do that with running backs. You guys just unveiled a, a, a statue last week to the great Barry Sanders. Uh, you got a, a guy, Jarmir Gibbs, that we know very well. from, uh, from He's from Atlanta area. And also, of course, we have the guy in B. John Robinson. They could be a showcase for both of them. Yeah, no doubt. You know, the thing that jumps out to me about Gibbs is I, I don't know if it's fair to call him a running back. It's almost like the prep high school game, right? He's an athlete. He really is. I mean, he lines up everywhere. You see him in the backfield. You see him out wide. You see him lined up in the uh, in the slot. And, and I, I think when he was selected, a lot of Lions fans kind of shook their head and, you know, oh, no, here we go again. I mean, that – that's real up here in Detroit, fellas. I'm here to tell you. Uh, people are just waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak. But when you see the way that they use him and, and the weapon he is on the field, uh, that's something that it, it didn't take long for people to change their mind and go, oh, I get it. I understand why they selected this guy. But you're right. You know, obviously with Bijan, uh, people are excited about him and, and, and for good reason. I think you're going to see those guys uh, really featured in a prominent way today in this game against the Falcons. It's going to be a battle of the running backs for sure, but I think another area you could see a little bit of a battle is the two tight ends. You know, you're expecting Kyle Pitts to really break out here at some point if you're at Atlanta and the Falcons, but Sam Laporta has been a really good tight end for Detroit, and it feels like he's going to be essential today. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, Laporta's another guy. We, we've been burned by the tight ends in the last uh, few drafts. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, again, much like I was saying about Gibbs, a lot of people are saying, what are we doing here? But uh, he won people over quick, fast, in a hurry. And, uh, boy, you're right about Kyle Pitts. With his skill set, you know, getting the right pieces in place, I, I think that guy could be a huge weapon in the national football league and you know is this the week that that you know he really breaks out i hope i think that lions fans are hoping that that's not the case but yet two two factors offensively for both teams that could be difference makers i think you're looking at two teams today by the way who could be the the, the class of their divisions um, i don't know what people are expecting uh you know there in 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 the north uh, obviously, the change of quarterback at Green Bay and, you know, Chicago with their problems. There's Minnesota. So it seemed like the division possibly could be there for the taking, you know, for Detroit. And kind of the same thing w with the Falcons on this end. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, guys, here's another crazy factoid about the Lions. They haven't won the division in 30 years. Oh, wow. I mean, it's incredible when you think about it. And uh, with with some of the turmoil in other places, you know, the the Bears are, are, are a mess. I mean, make no mistake about that. I think everybody thought that the Vikings might take a step back, that, that their record last year really didn't indicate what kind of team they are. And 
the Jordan Love situation in Green Bay, there's no doubt about it from a Detroit standpoint. Uh, I, I think everybody here thought, okay, we've got to win the North. And if you win the North, you give yourself a chance for a playoff game. The Lions have never had a playoff game at, at, in Ford Field's history. They haven't had a home playoff game since that 93 season when uh, Brett Favre hit uh, Sterling Sharp late in the game to break our heart. So no doubt about it. That was the goal this year. You know, let's find a way to win the North. And then when the playoffs start, you know, let the chips fall where they may. In your in mind, what's the most important thing the Lions have to do today to beat Atlanta? The run defense. I, I, I've, I've been banging that drum. I know everybody talked about the deficiencies in, in the secondary uh, in the offseason. Guys, I'm telling you, I saw this run defense uh, get torched multiple times last year. You know, there was a game on uh, Christmas Eve where, I, I mean, Carolina just ran all over them. And, you know, as great as Hutch is, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, of course, on the defensive line, as they said, the interior uh, you know, going back into the linebackers, there are some questions there, some questions that haven't been answered. Now, maybe those questions will be answered even today because I think we know what, what Atlanta can bring on the ground. But uh, that would be my biggest concern, you know, because, uh, like I said, everybody knows that, you know, you got a special back back there. you got a couple, you know, darn good backs back there. And that's something that I saw pop up a few times last year. And, yes, you fix the secondary. Even with the injury, I still think it's a better secondary than last year. But, my goodness gracious, if if they start carving runs out, you know, on the interior of the line, look out. It could be a long day. Wow. So, people are really into the football. And they're not just, they're not just watching the football until the hockey starts, right? <laughs> no, this is guys uh, hey listen all jokes aside detroit is a football town make no mistake about that it is i don't care if your favorite sport is hockey i don't care if your favorite sport is baseball whatever this is a football town you know we're in the shadow of the university of michigan uh, michigan state go green isn't too far away as well so um this is a this is a football town make no mistake about it and even with you know, the the futility of the Lions over the years. This town loves the Lions. And, you know, it, it, we always say the greatest party known to man will be when the Lions finally win. And uh, we're all hoping to see that day. But in the meantime, you know, this is a stiff test today against a good Atlanta Falcon team. Wow, this is great stuff. This is great stuff coming from you, Sean. We appreciate you getting up with us on this Sunday morning. And we look forward to checking back with you maybe later on this football season, but definitely when the hockey starts. But until the hockey starts, enjoy the football. Yeah, thanks, guys. Anytime. Good chat with you. Good luck today. All right. That is Sean Belagian up in Detroit. Tell us about the Detroit, Detroit Lions. You heard about that 30 years? Crazy. Whoa. One, Just one, crazy one, that it's been that long. One playoff win since the Super Bowl. Woof. Hey, I, I want good things for the Detroit Lions. Not today. Not today. Not today. I'm glad the people are excited about their football up there. That's great. Uh, but hopefully, uh, you know, our guys go out there and come out with that W and bring it back home for us. That's what we're looking for. All right, one more segment to go. I'm going to get up to the, uh, the Wait for Tailgate show coming up before we get things started. And then our pregame show and Falcons at 1 o'clock. You stay with us on this Sunday morning for Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and 92.9thegame.com. Sports Radio 929 The Game and 929The Game.com. Sam and Jason working our way to the top of the hour before the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. We're going to have uh, John Fricky along with Harper LaBelle and 
Joe Patrick getting you all set for our day of uh, pro football action, getting you set for the Falcons and Lions. We just heard from Sean Belegian up in Detroit uh, talking about the vibe that people are feeling up there about it. Of course, we've been talking about everything uh, this morning from the Braves and baseball to college football to Atlanta United and soccer. We didn't get to talk about the uh, the, the naming that, that Atlanta will have the big facility that's going to be here. How do you feel about that, and where do you think it may be built, Jason? Yeah, it's huge. The U.S. Soccer Federation will be based in Atlanta going forward. They're going to build a training center and headquarters, so that's a lot of land that you need. I keep kind of looking at the South Metro a little bit. I'd love to see something like this, uh, whether it's off of Camp Creek and the, the airport facility or vicinity or even further south. I would love to see something like this on, on the south side. I'm biased. I grew up on the south side. Yeah, yeah. But I would love, love, love to see it. And Convenience to the airport. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Is, yeah. And I think that's why Atlanta ended up getting this for national team training camps with players all over the world. It just makes it so much easier to be able to come into Atlanta. Most of these people are already connecting through Atlanta anyway. Come here, you can stay here, and you're going to be able to build a world-class facility that will help the the U.S. men's national team prepare for the World Cup mm-hmm. that's going to be here in 2026. But also, it's going to help all of those youth national teams and Arthur Blank and Coca-Cola both stepping up in a big way to help bring this to town. Yep, that's fantastic news, fantastic news. And, of course, Atlanta United playing their role in that. We're able to show Absolutely. Uh, what a soccer town we are and how people will come out and support Soccer it. City USA. And how I know that, that upsets some cities how around the that? country. How about that? How about that? But we just saw it and we came over and we took over. That is fantastic stuff. Of course, college football took place yesterday. The top-ranked uh, Georgia Bulldogs were winners yesterday against uh, Alabama-Birmingham. Game last night over in Athens. Georgia Tech got a win. Uh, over over Wake Forest, uh, which is big for them to get a conference victory. I guess the game nationally a lot of people were looking at was the Colorado-Oregon game Ooh. at just boat race, uh, 42-6 final Oregon with the win in that game. And Colorado never a factor in that game at all. I mean, I watched them from the beginning, and I said, these guys are not even not even in this thing. Yeah, look, I, I think the, the hype train all the way around on Colorado, it's going to go both ways now. The, the hype train got out of control going in the positive direction. can guarantee you it is going to get out of control going in the negative direction after that win. I want to see how they bounce back. I do too. Maybe a little early for the national ranking they got. I mean, yeah, I mean for wait, sure. when you start out, you beat TCU, a team that played in the national championship I, game. I Not the it. exact same team. Those right. a lot of those guys are gone. But you go out and you do that. You impress. You impress some people. Yeah. Look, I, I love what Deion Sanders is doing, and you know this is somebody that, that we've seen firsthand in this city. I love what he is doing because so many people who have had the success that he's had, you don't go and, and embrace the grind of, of being a head coach and starting at Jackson state and then going to Colorado and honestly redefining the game and redefining the way that, you know, he did this as a player. He's doing it as a coach. He's doing it in the college game for sure. It's a work in progress in Colorado. That roster is completely overhauled. You still have some holes to fill. They were missing Travis Hunter yesterday as well. That late hit late against Colorado state. That was one of the cheapest shots I've seen in a while that hurt him. They're a year away from really being what maybe everybody thought they were after three games. Yep, and I think the old the old line, the offensive line got exposed yesterday. Yeah. The offensive line uh, that I thought was a decent offensive line we didn't look good at all against against Oregon's pass rush and both defending the run and the pass. But here's what Coach Prime uh, had to share after the game. 
It's a good old-fashioned buck kicking. It's no excuses, no nothing. Um, their coaches did a heck of a job preparing their team. Obviously, we didn't. We went into the game wanting to dominate several, wanting to dominate several phases. Um, we lost offensively, defensively, as well as special teams. That Bo Nix played his butt off. Defensively, they presented some things that I guess we just couldn't get around. We couldn't advance the ball rushing or uh, throwing the ball as well. Seemed like they had our number. I love how he's handling all of this. Oh, yeah. And and the thing now to watch for, and again, forget the hype train. Either direction, forget it. I want to see how his team looks next time out. It's going to be a tough test, but I want to see how it looks because he didn't really run into anybody who gave him that old-fashioned butt whooping at Jackson State during no, his time there. No, so we no. don't know how him and his staff are going to handle bouncing back from that, how he's going to pick those kids up. I have all the confidence in him to do that. Do they have the talent to compete? That part I'm not so sure on yet. But yep. in terms of being prepared to play, yeah, he'll have them ready to go next week. And they got a tough one next week now. They got Southern Cal coming in. Mm-hmm. Coming into their place now, that, that that's going to give him a, a plus to be there. Although he probably wouldn't mind going to play in L.A. No. You know, I mean, a little, little showtime or whatnot. You know, putting on the show, he probably get re- you know, he get all caught up in that, right? But I think this week is that you go back and you and, and you say, "Look, we got humble, we got yeah. humble," you know, and that and that can happen to us. That shows you what can happen. But just like he said, you better beat me now. Mm-hmm. If you're going to beat me, beat me now because he feels like things will only get better for his team and, and for the program out there. So are they going to keep One thing head? that I could say honestly and candidly, you better get me right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I love it. I, yeah. I, I love what he is doing. And, yeah, it's it's disrupting some things in college yeah. football. And oh, that's yeah. upsetting some people. Right. I get it. I still I love it. Doing some things a bit differently, and it's paying off. I mean, hey, you had to go to a team that's at the bottom. You mm-hmm. know, all right. So he said, hey, I go to the bottom. I'm going to put together a team. And, and like you said, he hit the transfer portal for practically an entire football team. Yeah. We've seen that work with basketball. We saw what it did to March Madness this year. You yep. didn't know who was going to come out of the thing. Yep. All of the, quote, blue blood programs got knocked out by these mid-majors who got one or two great players and got guys around them, and they end up, end up being Florida Atlantic. They end up being San Diego State. Uh, so that's that's you know what we say, but that's basketball. We've never seen this done at football at this level. But I think you're seeing. You mentioned the offensive line. I, I think you're seeing in football. It's harder to do that across the board because offensive line is somewhere where you've got to have some chemistry. You got to have some time. You got to develop guys. You can't necessarily go into the portal and pick a bunch of different players that are then going to mesh together. Yeah, chemistry is the hardest thing to get in sports. You can't guarantee it. You can get the five best players in their positions on that offensive line. They might not get along. They might not like each other. They might not have skills that are complementary of one another. You can't guarantee chemistry, and that's the spot on the team that I think you have to have it. Yep, you really do when it comes to that offensive line. And speaking of offensive lines, Ohio State has a strong offensive line, but so does Notre Dame. And just the way that game ended last night, another big game, and it shows you why the teams that are in the top half are there, the offensive lines, you know, uh, guys that make a difference. I mean, from first from line one to line three, most of these rosters, they're good enough to pull that off. And last night, you know, Notre Dame was minus a player. Uh, Ten players. The last two plays on the one-yard line, you line up with ten. I'm sorry, there's no excuse Worrying about a penalty, it's a half yard. 
Yep. The player is more valuable than the half yard. I, I do not understand how you let that happen once, let alone twice, and say, oh, no, I'm not going to run the guy on because it'll be a penalty. So what? So what? It's a penalty. Yeah. It's a half yard. Right. Get the guy in the field. Wow. Unbelievable. And the other question is, did Ryan Day find Lou Holtz? <laughs> he said he was looking for him. Yeah, really. Really. Oh, oh I mean, yeah, well, he cut a wrestling promo after that. <laughs> On Lou Holtz, of all people. <laughs> oh, tremendous game last night. And um, a lot of people figure out, a lot of some, some people feel like the winner of that game uh, is a team to watch to eventually uh, square off with Georgia in the end. So a lot of a lot of interest in this area. We can say we've beaten both of those teams in Georgia in the last couple of years, last few years. Notre Dame like here, right, and, and Ohio State down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so eh, we'll we'll look familiar with either one of them that comes out of that. Well, I, one had eleven players on the field when it counted, and the other one didn't. So I, I think it's kind of easy to see which one's going to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it's. I'm looking. not trusting the ten man team to get there. <laughs> Ten man, you do you do need you do need all eleven. Notre Dame, what are y'all doing? I don't know. <laughs> it's early in the season. They got some games to figure it they out. Can but count to eleven though. Yeah, even and, early in the season. And this was, I mean, the, the the magnitude of this game. Obviously, you know, people will look at this game down the road when it comes time to say who's in the playoff and who is not, uh, because Notre Dame plays an independent schedule. Basically, I mean, it's heavy with ACC teams, with people already saying, "Hey, are they playing that strong a schedule to begin with?" Um, so yeah, they kind of needed that one. They needed that one, but Ohio state gets it. They get the win last night and we see what happens going forward with them. There is some racing going on this week. Um, what are they racing toward? Not Talladega yet this week. They're in, uh, Texas and Bubba Wallace has the pole for the race today. I mean, he's in the, the tw- final 12 that are in the playoff and he won the, uh, captured the pole yesterday, qualifying speed, 188.337. Miles per hour. So at Fort Worth, he's on the pole for that race. Coming up later today, uh, I think Chris Busher is on the outside of row one as NASCAR winds down the season. And we say, you watch much racing? I don't. I, no? That's something I've never gotten into. You're from into. the south side, I know. and the track is right down the road from where you, you – you. I know. We we did fundraisers there to, yeah. to pay for our soccer uniforms in high school, but no, nah, I never got into it. Yeah. If, I, if I'm somebody who wants to get into it, what's the biggest story this season in your mind? Oh, man. I mean, the, the, the thing to me, the biggest story for racing is that the variety of tracks is not yeah. just turn left every week anymore. You know, they've done more road races. They've done creative things like the L.A. Coliseum. The L.A. Coliseum one looks really cool. Yeah. That's, that grabbed my attention. I'm for trying sure. to see what's the next stadium uh, that, that, would, that would welcome it. Yeah. I'm surprised, you know, and, and the, the college stadiums that are big, they're so particular about who comes in there for anything. You know, you're not taking the hedges out. Yeah, I did. I wasn't gonna say we, that. We I already went not, through that on the soccer side. People yes, got we very did. Upset. People, people are still upset about still that. Still mad about that. <laughs> that was how many years ago? That was '96. Come on, they're still <laughs> mad that the hedges got pulled out to have the uh, Olympic gold medal games in Athens. Wow, but but I'm just saying, you know, you got some 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 football stadiums that could host something like that, and I'm surprised. Well, maybe they are some that are petitioning. Hey, what's the chance you're doing this out in L.A. Mm-hmm. And the Coliseum and that, and that type venue, what other stadium could it go in? The street race in Chicago, I think it's great. They just that's doing... the one that's that grabs my attention in terms of being able to replicate it in other places. Yeah, you know that's the thing. I don't think we can come here. Our streets aren't wide enough. We got narrow streets here. 
I don't want to give some of these Atlanta drivers any ideas either. They're bad enough as it is. We'll put them on 285 and let them just drive around there. No, I don't hate that idea. <laughs> do do the NASCAR race around 285? Yeah. What, 30 miles? I do that. Is it 30 around it? All the way I around? Think. Yep. Okay. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. Let's shut down 285 and have a NASCAR race around it. <laughs> oh. I'm in. All right. All right. Jason, great. We spent some time this morning. Great having you in the house, man. Always, always fun catching, catching up, up even you. on very, very short rest. As, as Greg Clarkson said, you're always the fifth Beatle. You come, 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 come <laughs> I and am hang out best, with yes. <laughs> uh, and Greg is away. Hopefully he'll be back next week and we'll be here. Of course, I'll be around uh, with Chris Parker Friday night for the High School Scoreboard Show. Hope you make sure and check us out uh, on next Friday nights. We wrap things up from 7 until midnight. Uh, of course, Jason, you got you you going to work later today? Yeah, Georgia State, ESPN Plus, 1 o'clock. You can watch Georgia State women and Coastal Carolina. Big game. They, Georgia State's only lost one game this year, and it was on a long throw-in against Ole Miss. Just one little simple defensive mistake. That's the only loss they've had. It's a really fun team to watch. Either come out to the GSU Soccer Complex or watch on ESPN+. Plus. Fantastic. That will do it. Wade Ford Tailgate Show is coming up. Then the Falcons pregame show. Falcons and Lions coming up at 1 o'clock. Have a wonderful winning game day Sunday here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and 92.9thegame.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.